Welcome again to another episode of Sneaks, Rhymes, and Life. I am your host, Lionel McDonald. So very, very special guest with me today, all the way from the West Coast in California, my good friend, Mirjo. Mirjo, what's good? What's good, my brother? I'm good, man. How's everything? Good. I'm, I'm so glad you finally got on the podcast. I know we were doing... Uh, uh, a, a couple sneaker chats uh, not too long ago, and uh, I know once I decide to get this podcast off the ground, um, I know I had to have you on it. So let, let's get into some of the questions that I have for you today. Uh, I know um, we've known each other many years now. I know when we connected way back at a, at a work meeting years ago, and we kind of uh, hit it off from there. So I think one of the things that always is captured, you're always a super humble guy, but you have one of the most unbelievable sneaker collections that I've ever laid my eyes on. So maybe you could tell us, how did you get started collecting sneakers? So it started off for me, um, you know, 1988, 89. I used to live in Chicago, um, MJ won the slam dunk. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go attend that. Uh, you know, a family friend of mine had some access to tickets, uh, saw him play. Um, my brother, before the game, uh, before the All-Star game, had gifted me a pair of AJ2 for my birthday. And I had no idea before that who Jordan was. I didn't like the shoe, to be honest with you. Uh, back then, all the kids were wearing Adidas Phantom or Flight 89. So I'm like, yo, I, I'm, I'm not you know, a fan of the shoes. So I went to the Foot Locker and traded those, exchanged them. And they were looking at me like, are you crazy? Like, you want to trade these? Like, there's everybody wants them. I'm like, yeah, I don't like them. So I ended up getting um, some uh, some Adidas and LA gear um, and uh, paid the difference. And and once I saw MJ1, uh, the slam dunk, I really wanted Retro 3 and I had no idea who Jordan was until that point. Uh, and it's crazy, you know, living in Chicago, not knowing who MJ was till 88, 89. That seems kind of unreasonable, but I was more into boxing uh, at that time. So once I saw a man literally flying, doing the the dunk uh you know i just became a big fan of him and i just tell my brother like hey, i need these retro threes like this jordans back then they were not even called retro so they're jordan three you know um and so we're gonna have to wait they don't just come out every time there's a special release for them when we get them i'll, I'll you know look out for you so the following year he gifted me a pair of those for my birthday and uh so technically my first shoe was air jordan two but the three started off my collection <laughs> Unbelievable. So, and I know many people don't love the Jordan too, but I think it's one of the most underrated, underrated shoes in the entire Jordan collection. So, so which, which is the color of the Jordan three that you, uh, that you got? Oh, the white gray, white, white, white gray. gray. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's funny. You said that you're right. Like a lot of people didn't appreciate the two neither did I until further down the line. I think in the mid nineties, um, you know, my brother, kind of school me he said uh you know those shoes that i gave you return them those are made in italy they're made in like iguana leather and once i saw the quality i'm like man i was an idiot i had no one to tell me <laughs> what did i give away uh, believe me i went back to store uh like you know a couple of days later to see if they still have it they're like nope it was gone the next minute yeah wow unbelievable so um so what would you say you know i know you, you can see that for those who are watching on youtube you know hit the subscribe button appreciate everyone that's following so if you if you're watching on youtube you you can see in the background you know mir joe's got a jordan jersey in a frame so what would you say and obviously you, you mentioned your, your story from chicago but what would you say is your favorite or some of your favorite pairs 
of Air Jordan as we know you're a big fan? So, you know, like I said, I started off in 88-89 collecting, um, you know, until um, uh, I moved to California, you know, uh, in, in mid-90s. Um, it, it started off what triggered me um, is Retro 5. Uh, what happened was in 1991 or 92, I was uh, in Asia. I, I stopped over a flight in Japan. I had the Retro 5 black uh, metallic silver on my feet. And believe me or not, like where the gate is for the plane, airport people were coming in and taking pictures of my shoes because they had never seen Air Jordan 5 in Japan. And I didn't understand the the magnitude until that point, like people coming over, like I was a celebrity. They're like, hey, can I take a picture with you with the shoes? Can I take a picture of the shoes? I'm like, sure. And I'm like, these are just Air Jordan, but like, what a, you know, crazy epic moment for me, at, you know, to travel there. And then when I got back home, uh, you know, it just hit me like, man, this guy is like, if people are willing to take a picture of his shoes and, mm -hmm. and you know, bombard me at the airport uh, in, in Japan, out of all places, like, what does this guy mean to the world? And what does this shoe mean to the world? And, and when I came back, it really hit me. I said, you know what? From now on, I'm gonna just save every Jordan. So up till that, like when I rocked the threes and fours, I just gave it to my cousins and stuff after I was done with it. But after the fifth, I just kept every every one of them. So in 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 reality, five is, is um, a very sentimental value for me for that point. And that same year, my mother passed away. So that was the last shoe she saw me wearing. Um, you know, I used to wear that shoe to the hospital to go see her. She was in a coma. Uh, and that shoe just has a lot of memories for me. It was also the, my very first shoe I bought with my own money. Uh, you know, when I started working uh, and, and, you know, I earned some money, I was, that was the very first shoe I bought with my own money. So that, that shoe was very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, uh, it's, it's an iconic one. And, um, you know, I think uh, to hear your story and, and how sentimental it was, I, I totally get it why that is... Uh, that that's one. So, you know, if we, we move forward and, you know, thinking about the five and, you know, some of the things that have come out this year. So what, what have been the latest cops? Like, what are you wearing today? And, and what have you most recently bought? Um, so today, I, you know, just to match my favorite, got orange hat. I got some uh, shattered backboard low white, uh, white, orange lows, you know, just oh, to the women's the one. You got them. All right. All right. That's dope. Yeah. Uh, before that, my last three cob will be the pollen ones. Uh, I got the prototype ones and the uh, Travis Scott fragment lows. That was those. That was like wow, one of the best months of the year. So I had to have that one. Yeah, you're not you're not messing around, man. You're getting some you're getting some of those big heat shoes. So um, yeah, those are some those are some good ones. I think. What did I wear today? Uh, I ran my daughter down to the schoolyard. Oh, I think I was wearing. Um, Oh, I was wearing yesterday was wearing uh, Reebok question uh, white and red toe because it's the 25th anniversary of when uh, when Iverson kind of hit the court in in those shoes. And then uh, I think today I was wearing um, I was wearing a pair of dunks, I think some black and blue dunks. So nice. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I like to diversify and, uh, and yes. play with a bunch of different things. So yeah. Um, so I know you, you you mentioned MJ, but we also, you know, word on the street is you are a really big Kobe fan. So, you know, I know you talked about, you know, Vegas and obviously being in California, but how did this, you know, I guess passion or, you know, admiration of Kobe kind of start for you? So I think, you know, um, after 89, I just started collecting everything Jordan. 
from like BDs, basketball memorabilia, uh, every magazine he was on the cover, um, you know, uh, everything. I was like going to all his games, whenever he played in you know, Chicago, uh, out in LA, uh, all the way till he retired. You know, I followed the man till the last game in Utah. I was there, you know, at the Delta Center uh, when he hit the last shot. And after that, uh, I was sad to be honest with you because I felt like um, his era in the mid nineties helped me get over my sadness of uh, losing my parents at a young age. You know, back then we didn't have mental health issues, but you still deal with it. And Jordan was um, my way of overcoming sadness. He allowed me to channel, uh, you know, whatever I had personally going on just by watching him play, collecting his stuff. It kept me busy. It kept me off street, believe me or not. This is uh, in the mid, uh, early 90s in Chicago. Gangs and drugs was like really, really big. And um, I give a lot of credit to MJ for keeping me off street because, you know, I was so busy collecting stuff and, and watching him play and things like that. Um, I, I felt like an end of era. I was really sad in 98, uh, you know, uh, and the two years gap from 99 2000 NBA was boring quite honestly and I just felt like man there's like what's next like just like 10 years of my life just like I was enjoying so much like what do I do now like you know and uh then came Kobe Bryant in Los Angeles and I wasn't a big fan of Kobe to be honest with you from day one I was just like okay here's another guy trying to be like MJ there's hair minor there's all these other guy everybody's Grand calling Hill. Jordan you know yeah. Grand Hill uh you know Stoudemire uh, what's his name? Stackhouse from uh, North Carolina. You know, everyone was named the next Jordan, but nobody became one. So, you know, I felt like Kobe was along along those lines. But crazy thing happened to me is because I lived in Chicago early '90s and I saw what Jordan did to the city, how he changed the culture, a basketball sneaker game, everything. I started seeing the same similarities in Kobe in Los Angeles. I was blessed to live in LA after you know moving from Chicago and I saw similar things happening in LA what was happening in Chicago and with MJ in the early 90s and I was like oh maybe this guy is something like you know he was doing a Sprite commercial he's he's in the rap videos he's out in malls uh you know I worked at a store uh you know at a locker store South Coast he happened to come in with Vanessa uh, one day this is when they were dating and yeah. he was super chill down there this is when we had the leaders uh uh shoe uh, he disguised. He had a hat on and glasses, came with his uh, girlfriend at that time, Vanessa, just to see how the shoe was. He was curious. He walked in and, um, you know, he was just like, yo, man, you guys got the new Adidas Kobe. You know, other other associates are telling him like, yeah, we got it. You know, what size you need? And I'm like, I think that's Kobe Bryant. Like, I can see like he has swear like, that's him. So I walked up, talked to him and he took off his glasses, super down to earth. Um, and that they made me realize like if this guy is really genuine down earth like that I should start watching his games and I slowly started watching some of his games and uh you know he lived in Orange County so he shopped at that store quite often uh he used to come maybe every two three months with his wife um you know when he got married and and start bringing his daughter so um you know I just became a big fan of him and I, I saw how he was able to change Los Angeles entire culture and everything similar to what Jordan did. And I just became a fan of him. And, you know, like, especially when he started, uh, you know, uh, changing the shoe game with Nike. Once, you know, once he was done with the leaders, he started rocking um, everything because he was a free agent. He was wearing Reebok question. He was wearing Jordans, everything. And then he signed with Nike. Um, and then, you know, I, I used to see a lot of him in the stores and, uh, you know, he, he just became like this, guy that in some way for me it it, it uh, gave me an idea of how Jordan 
would have, it's almost like extension of Michael Jordan in a modern era because yeah. we didn't have social media back in MJ's era, but we had it in Kobe's era. He used different platform, but he had the same mentality, same work ethic. And, and he, you know, he was doing legendary things that you only saw MJ doing. So it was like watching the next MJ, you know, without labeling him that. Yeah, I feel, I feel you like he, his work ethic and, you know, I call it the, uh, I would say he would, if you want to say that there was a modern day icon, I, I wouldn't say that he's the modern day Jordan, because I think there's only one Jordan, but the modern day icon, you know, beyond, you know, call it the bridge between what we see now with LeBron as LeBron is winding down. It was definitely Kobe and, you know, the work ethic, you know, the competitive nature, you know, really something to see. So, um, so interesting. You mentioned Kobe and, you know, have you ever, you said you met Kobe. Um, yes. How many times did you meet him? Just the uh, one time in the store? Because you said he, no, he met him about three, two times. Met him twice. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm going to backtrack for a second because I know we got off the Jordan train to, to talk about Kobe, but you meet Jordan? Yes. Yeah. I met him uh, five times. So what? very blessed. Are you yeah. Kidding me? Five times? Yeah. 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 Two of them oh are right my there. Gosh. Yeah, that's twice. Yeah, so it's crazy. I, I met him out of all dates. Um, you won't believe it. I met him on my 23rd birthday. Out of all numbers, <laughs> it was my 23rd birthday. Um, what happened is basically he was doing a fundraising dinner for his dad. His dad had just passed away, James Jordan, and he was doing a James Jordan gala with the uh, Chicago Boys and Girls Club. So I used to be a member of Boys and Girls Club in Chicago, but I had moved out here to Los Angeles. And once I found out that he was doing this fundraising dinner, I wanted to get in. Uh, and it was invite only. And I contacted Chicago Boys and Girls Club. They're like, no, I'm sorry, all invites are done. And, you know, everyone like whoever got the invite that said it was a limited you know um you know quantity so then i hit up my friend um uh, i had just met uh, at that time maybe a year you know into it gentry humphrey who used to work for brand jordan for a long time yeah. uh and and he's he was a product line sales manager at that time with you know nike and he pulled some strings uh you know uh this guy named nick who was there he was able to give me an invite so i wore a tuxedo rented a mj tuxedo those who don't know mj used to have a line of tuxedo back then you went all uh, out wow i went all out flew to chicago uh mj was there with his then wife uh you know um juanita at the door and I walked in Lionel, I, I had goosebumps and I freezed up. I couldn't say a word in, and his wife was welcoming. She's like, Hey, how you doing? You know, uh, the guards were checking up the invite and let him, let me in. Uh, I walk in and sit down. You have, you know, seated, uh, place uh voice to men opened up voice to men was you know singing the national anthem it opened up uh, so i'm just like i'm just this like utter disbelief like huh like I, am i really here at this place you know dinner was served after dinner they had a silent auction uh where funds were going to james uh, jordan gala so this is where i bought that jersey from about yeah. this jersey back then uh it's actually a 1993 uh a playoff jersey signed by mj uh and, and basketball so believe it or not this is before he came back this is, this is before he announced coming back. So at that time, price wasn't that high. Uh, average items at the auction was going anywhere from five hundred to two thousand uh, dollars, which is nothing. You know uh, what the value was of Evan J. Once he announced he was coming back. But um, long story short, uh, at the end of the evening, before the guests were leaving, I walked up to his bodyguard, said, "Hey, can I get a picture with MJ?" This guy said, "No." 
he's not taking personal pictures. You could only take it from a distance, you know? And I was like, please, man. He said, no, I said, uh, it's my 23rd birthday. And the guy said, are you kidding me? I said, no. It's like, you have some ideas. Yeah. So I pulled out my California driver's license, showed it to him. He said, hold up. He walked up to MJ and he goes, hey man, this guy from LA came all the way out here. He said, it's your big fan. It's his 23rd birthday. And Mike said, uh, I bring him over here. So he comes up, you know, I, I go over there and I like literally had so much goosebumps. I, I couldn't believe it was a dream come true. So he's shaking my hand. He's like, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming in from Los Angeles. Uh, how come you're not a Lakers fan? That's the question he asked me. And I was not able to answer him. I was just like looking at him for like five minutes. I'm like, you okay, man? He asked me, like, you okay? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. And his wife was there, Juanita, back then. You know, she was like, it's okay, you know. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, thank you. I said, yeah, it's my birthday. He's like, well, happy birthday, man. You enjoyed it? I said, yeah, you know, I'm originally from Chicago. I just live in LA now. So he was really genuine and he took a picture with me. That's the picture right there. Amazing. Know? Amazing. Yeah, that was the first time I met him. Then the uh, second time I met him, he actually came to my store. I used to work at Full Locker and uh, Beverly Center in 2000. Uh, and uh, he, MJ came out here um, and, you know, he was in the store for like maybe an hour and, and just spent some time. But, uh, you know, he was really generally down to earth, uh, you know, just like to me, it was just a dream come true. I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell, uh, you know, a better story. People don't believe me sometimes. And luckily I have pictures and people do, you know, be the proof. Yeah. Oh, people always want proof. And it's like, what? You met MJ 20 years ago at work? Nah, 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 nah. Show me the picture. And then you pull the picture out and it's like, hot damn, you were not lying. So yeah. pretty, pretty dope. So that, 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 to say that you met him not once, but twice, and you met Kobe five times is like borderline mind blowing. So yeah, no, good, I was good on you, man. The yeah. humble ones get, get what they deserve. So good, good on you. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. So let, let's talk some sneakers. So, you know, and I, and I know I kind of gave you a, a few uh, shoes to give me your favorite. Well, but since we just kind of were talking about both MJ and Kobe, let's start with Kobe. What would be your favorite Kobe overall? Like, is there one that stands out in your mind? Um, I think the Zoom Kobe one, definitely, okay. because it was his first Nike shoes. Um, you know, signature, um, it, it, him scoring 81 points in it. That's a huge. Yeah, lit up the Raptors. You know, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I remember that. My hometown Raptors. Although I'm yep. a Knicks fan. Those everyone knows I'm a Knicks fan. Yep. Uh, but no, Kobe, Zoom Kobe won. I have a signed fan from him. So that's definitely one of my favorite ones. Okay. All right. So you mentioned, obviously, Jordan 5, and you noticed that was the next one on the list because I think I've heard remnants of this story before uh, about uh, – you go into uh, to Asia and wearing your Jordan fives and everyone was like just geeking on you. So which is your favorite? Is it the metallic or is there another one? Uh, no, for the five is definitely the metallic. I would say, okay. you know, people always ask me, what is your favorite? And it's hard. It's like shoes are like kids to me. It's like you can't have one favorite. <laughs> You know, and to me, it's like I have three kids. So I'm like, I can't pick one. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, since I have three kids, I would say my top three J's of all time is the fives, the elevens and the one. Um, the five, because of what I just told you, my you know personal sentiment value. Um, 
11s because what Jordan accomplished in it. Like in 95, yeah. 96, people doubted him that, oh, he's older. He lost a step. He should have just not come back. You know, he will never get a championship. For him to wear, that's the only shoe he wore two years in a row back to back. Every year he switched shoes, but that particular 95, 96 season, he wore the same shoes. And, uh, you know, that's when I met him too. So it was just more, uh, you know, one of my favorite shoes. And I think it was, the shoe was ahead of its time. You've never seen patent leather, carbon fiber on the sole until then. And, you know, Jordan was always ahead of time because you look at the design aspects from fighter jets to, you know, uh, patent leather to, to uh, Ferrari, like, no one else does that and yeah. uh, I, I think 11 i have about 75 pairs of 11s uh, wow. yeah and do then, you have uh, a favorite uh yeah the, the concord is definitely my favorite concord. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm i'm a bread guy because bread is my favorite concord is a close second and but i love the concord not because mg wore it and i saw mg play like the one game he played in the sky dome and they actually lost in that 72 10 season but I love the shoe because Allen Iverson wore it. And that was kind of the birth of the question because he loved the shoe so much. So, um, okay. No, I, I would definitely say close second is the Concord. It's just how it looks. It's unbelievable. So tell me about your ones though. You said ones would be your top three. Which, which one is the one that sticks out for you? I think the Chicago color, home colorway, you know, yeah. um, I know J. Cole rocks it all the time. He's got a dirty pair, um, you know, that he loves to wear all the time. But Chicago color is definitely one of my favorite. Um, I think that's the shoe that I have the most uh, just because it's a good fit. It goes with everything. Uh, so many different collabs. You know, I love that shoe. I think that's probably the only shoe that they did more collabs on than any yeah. of the models. You know, from 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 Levi's to J Balvin to you know, no photos like uh, yep. you know Travis, so many different ones. So yeah, I love that shoe. I think that one I have uh, 134 pairs of retro ones. No surprise because they just keep pumping them out. Yeah. And I think I, I I'm gonna say an early prediction. I heard Unbreakable Kicks talk about not too long ago. Um, I think this Jordan One phenomenon is gonna slow down. I wouldn't say it's gonna come to an end. I think he actually said it's going to come to an end, but I think it's going to slow down and, and we're going to pivot for a period of time, kind of put it back in the vault somewhat and start to play with some other shoes. And then it will come back like out in 18 months to two years. Yeah. That, that's, just, that's just a prediction of mine. I know that the market is just so saturated with that shoe, but I think in due time, it's going to, it's going to disappear and then reappear. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's one of the ways to appreciate the shoe because yep. if you have it all the time in front of your face, you may not appreciate it because you could just grab it and 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 you know get a pair. But if it's gone, you intend to appreciate it more. And when it comes back, it'll even be you know more valuable. Yep, you got it. So let let's talk about a couple other iconic silhouettes uh, or you know players that had their own shoes. So what about what about Barkley? You got a favorite Barkley? Yeah, you know, um, the shoe that I love of Barkley the most is the 180 um, uh, Air Max CB. Uh, yeah. The very first one that he wore black uh, with the red uh, Air Max. It was just a new buck. It was the first shoe that I saw, like all black new buck. Uh, it was just something about the shoe. I just loved it, like just the way it looked. Yeah. Um, and I and and like I know it, this was right after his transition from 76ers to Phoenix. Phoenix. Um, 
you know, and he was like, he was the guy, right? Like that, that everybody said, like, he, he's going to be the one that's going to give MJ, you know, run for his money. So uh, to have that shoe was definitely one of my favorite. Um, I think another one of my favorite would be uh, Penny Hardaway. Uh, yeah. um, you know, the uh, uh, Air Penny one, uh, black, white Royal. Uh, I'm excited about the white one. I heard they're going to bring back the white one soon. So I can't wait. That hasn't been retro since 2022. the original launch. So I'm excited about that one. Yeah, I'm yep. excited about that. And many people don't know that aside from his own signature shoe, uh, MJ wore the uh, Air Flight one that Penny wore uh, yep. on, on the game that he had uh, lost his jersey and shoes. He wore those. So yeah, I, I remember like it was lightweight, high performance basketball shoes back then. Yeah, that, that, that's still one of the crazy Jordan phenomenon when he got his jersey and shoes stolen. So yep. he ended up wearing a different number. What was it, 12 that game? Well, yeah, 12, and but then, no name. And, yeah. and, and no name. And then, um, and then yeah, he wore a pair of pennies. So, yep. yeah, yeah, really excited for that penny penny one. I have a couple pairs uh, already, but looking forward to the market, you know, showing Penny some love. Uh, I got a good friend, Ashley, that is a diehard Penny fan. And um he will be super excited to see those back on the market. So, so your, your, your home base now is LA. Um, yep. I know you were, you know, uh, obviously excited for the, the two championships that Kobe was able, able to win after him and Shaq kind of broke up. Um, and then, you know, the Lakers won in the bubble. So what, what are your thoughts on this year's Lakers team? I know it's a lot different. You know, we got LeBron at the end of his career, AD for now is healthy. Um, you know, what Russell Westbrook has joined the team and good old Carmelo Anthony is also a Laker as well, who's now number nine all time in uh, in NBA scoring after he passed uh, Moses Malone earlier this week. So what, what are your thoughts on the uh, the outlook for the Lakers this year? Um, I think first off, you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see Russell and Melo join the Lakers. I think uh, it's a good fit. Uh, Russell being from L.A., born and raised in L.A., he's, he's, he's just, you know, homecoming for him. Uh, he, he's a big icon in uh, L.A. Uh, he does a lot for the community. Um, and then Jordan, uh, I mean, uh, Melo has been a big Jordan guy, you know, Team Jordan since day one. He goes yep. back for the Eddie Jones. As a matter of fact, I have a pair of uh, Melo uh, 1.5 uh, signed by him uh, from Vegas at exhibition games. So I'm a big fan of Melo. Uh, met him uh, at an all-star game in 2011 out here in uh, Los Angeles. So I'm just excited to see, you know, both of them come play with the Lakers. I think this year is still going to be tough for them to win a championship. I think the chemistry is quite not there today. I think it's going to yeah. take a year to build that chemistry uh, on and off the court both. Um, and I think, uh, you know, uh, I could definitely see them a championship caliber team in, uh, you know, 2022 and 2023. I think those two years, uh, I can definitely say that Lakers, uh, it'll be safe to say that Lakers will take the championship then. Yeah, it just will be. It will they be healthy enough to win, right? I, I you can see it already that, mm, you know, they they they're having their challenges kind of fitting all together, and maybe they need the whole season. I know we're we're judging a season like five games in, in 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 some cases, right? So it's gonna take a little time. The Bulls look really good. Knicks are three and one. Oh, Knicks. Um, yeah, you know, Charlotte looks really good with uh, with Lomelo Ball. Um, um, you saw, you know, obviously that we we still have Utah is a really good team. Um, they'll be back in the thick of it. And I'm sure Phoenix will make a run after their champ their finals run. No one is saying that uh, Brooklyn is going away and 
And, and we know that uh, the champs aren't going away either. They got their whole team back. So it should be a very, very interesting season overall. Um, yeah. I can't wait for, you know, the Lakers to stay healthy. I think that's the key, right? Having a veteran experience team uh, on and off the bench, it's uh, everyone's eyes are on the Lakers, the high expectation, but I think the chemistry is quite not there. And it's been crazy, you know, let's face it, like with the pandemic, there hasn't been a regular season for the last two years. So, yeah. you know, the, the timing that the players have on and off season uh, to build that bond hasn't been there. So not an excuse, but, you know, I think it's just going to take some time. I, I don't think they're going to be able to do it this year, but I think coming off season, you know, working off season together as players, building that chemistry, I think next year they have a good chance. Um, you know, I, you know what I'm excited about is I'm pretty sure you could test to that uh, two years ago, you know, Toronto went through that. When you have a championship team, the city just goes through like, haywire bananas with with yeah. you know you had Kwawi, you had drake you had you know um so much going on in toronto uh same thing like when when kobe and shaq played it was just like they were at clubs at century clubs you got magic johnson up in the mix uh you know radio stations giving out ticket merchandise is selling you know it's just a different environment and i just can't wait for that to come back again i think uh you know uh la city needs that because after losing a big icon like Kobe, Nipsey Hussle, um, you know, for Russell to play in LA and hopefully win a championship, it would mean a lot to the city. It's a big, big deal. Big, big deal. So as we, uh, as we kind of wrap up on uh, call it the sneaker and sports section, um, the fans of this podcast love a good sneaker story. So could you tell us one, maybe one that you went on a hunt to get a shoe or, just another, you know, you know, you've, you've met so many, you know, call it sneaker or cultural icons. We'd love to hear a story, Mirjo. Give us one. Absolutely. Um, so I got, uh, you know, a hunt that almost got me killed. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So uh, in 1997, uh, I believe it was, it was uh, uh, spring. Uh, you remember that was one of the only few times Brand Jordan dropped two colors in one day. It was the white cherry and blue. They came out the same day. Yeah. Um, on the retro 12. Uh, well, back then it was just the 12. So I happened to be in Chicago. And those who ever been to Chicago, there's some big key malls uh, that used to be the Jordan Mall. Like these are the footlockers back in the days were the destination to get Jordan. And they would get hundreds of thousands of pair. Uh, back then it was uh, Brickyard Mall, Fort City, um, uh, Evergreen Plaza. These are like big malls where everybody would travel from all different states to go. So I happened to be at Fort City, uh, but I made a mistake. Uh, I knew Gentry Humphrey. Gentry from Brand Jordan was uh, kind enough to give me some samples that they were doing with Jordan. So Tinker had worked on a, uh, you know, multiple colors of the 12. So I, I happened to have my hands on a, a sample pair of black, white, the, the uh, playoff shoe that he wore. Uh, in playoffs, I had an early sample of that way before okay. anybody else did. It was a size nine. I happened to have them on my feet uh, like a dumb kid I wanted to show off. So I wore those shoes to go buy a pair of shoes from Foot Locker in Fort City. And I was trying to go stand in line. So I go in the line. There's about 200 people. And at first, people didn't realize what I had on my feet. They were just talking. Everybody's standing in line. And I'm like towards the back of the line. And my 
brother-in-law took me there. I didn't have a car. He lived in Chicago. So, you know, he was a residence at a, he was doing residency at a hospital nearby. So he was with me and, you know, he has no idea about shoe culture or shoe release or anything. So he's with me just chilling. And next thing he noticed that people just started coming up to me, asking me about my shoes. They're like, yo, you know, are those fakes? I said, no, they're not fake. They're like, are they custom? I said, no, they're not custom. Like, you know, back then custom wasn't even a big thing, but like no. people were like, how did you get this? Like, is that a real pair? You know, most people thought it was fake. I said, no, these are not fakes. And I, you know, bragging rights. I was like, yeah, these are from Brand Jordan, man. They don't come out till May, you know? Uh, and people were like, what? Like, you got a pair that's not even out? So, you know, word got around on the line. And next thing you know, 40, 50 people just walked up to me. They're like, what size are those? You know, and uh, to one point, somebody yelled that, you know, let's get them. Let's get them for these shoes. So my brother-in-law was like super scared. He's like, yo, man, I, I don't want any part of this. Your safety is more important than these pairs of shoes. If these guys want the shoes, give them the shoes. I'm like, hell no, I'm not giving them the shoes. These are one of a kind. He's like, well, you can't stand here because these people are looking at you. They're about to kill you for these pairs of shoes. So like next thing you know, it was a mob of maybe 80 people at this point, just looking at my shoes and security came in. Um, and they said, hey, you're a threat. Like, you can't stand here. This is a safety concern. You know, we don't know what could happen. People, you know, get shot for these kind of shoes. So not have you stand in here. We need you to leave. So they escorted me out to my car. Uh, I ended up getting those shoes uh, later on. But uh, long story short, that particular day, I wasn't able to cop it because, I, you know, it was a security concern. Damn, damn. Chicago is a beautiful place, yet a scary place at the same time. So yeah. you know, good, good thing that you uh, you got out of there nice and safe. So, wow, that, that's a story for a uh, story. I mean, one of the craziest stories we've ever had on this podcast. So, uh, again, thanks for sharing. And I'm, again, I'm totally glad that you're safe. So got to be careful when you wear those uh, early drops. Yeah. So. Um, no, I think after that, I realized that, man, never again like that. Yeah. I literally thought that, you know, I was young, dumb. So I was like, I, you know, what, you know, let me show off a different color that nobody has. But yeah. after, you know, putting my life in danger, just getting home safe, I was like, yeah. my brother-in-law told me that day, like, hey, promise me you're never going to do anything crazy like that. Like, it's not yeah. worth, you know, I say, yeah, you're right, you know. All right. So it, it's, as we continue, let's talk a little hip hop before we uh, before we get out of here. So we know you're a big fan. I kind of see there's a plaque in the back, uh, black on both sides. One of my favorite albums. It's like my one of my wife's favorite albums. Uh, so who who are some of your favorite artists? And maybe you can share a little bit. How the heck did you get that plaque? It's from Rockus Records. Yeah, so I will start off with hip hop. I think my I, you know, uh, top five MCs, this is my personal top five. I know everyone has different opinions uh, because I lived in different parts of U.S. at some point, uh, living, you know, growing up in the Midwest, living in New York and uh, now in L.A. Uh, to me, my top five would be uh, Tupac, uh, Biggie, um, uh, Jay-Z, uh, Rakim, um, and, and Nas and Mos, uh, you know, split, uh, because I think Nas, you know, what he did to hip hop most, just because I happen to personally know him, be good family friends. Uh, but those are my those are my top five, uh, you know, MCs of all time. Um, uh, I think you were asking me how did I get this plaque. So uh, in 1999, uh, most came out on the scene, started, 
doing a lot of music. Like he was already underground doing a lot of stuff, uh, you know, with uh, Medina Green, Universal, uh, you know, him and Paulie were good friends. Um, so he was doing a lot of stuff with Tribe, uh, De La Soul, um, but he had not come out to West Coast that much. So 1999, mm-hmm. he came out to the West Coast his dad happens to be a very good friend of my uncle um, and we're family friends. So, you know, he came out here and uh, most doesn't drive. A lot of people don't know. Most doesn't drive. When you live in New York, you don't need to drive. You can take a yeah. train and bus, go anywhere. So, um, you know, um, his dad had asked me like, Hey, can you, you know, help us out? We're trying to go to the studios, things like that. I said, yeah, not a problem. Like, you know, just not that they needed me, but just, it was more of a trusting. They wanted to have someone trustworthy around him. Um, so, you know, um, I, I was able to work it out and, and help him out and stuff. And, uh, then when he was working on this album, black on both sides, uh, I happened to be there in the studio with him a lot, like took him to the studios in LA on sunset. Yeah. You know, uh, seeing him record, you know, uh, so many songs, Water, uh, Mathematic, Omises, like so much stuff he was doing. Uh, I was able to be in the studio and just have a different appreciation for art. I uh, met Kwai, uh, you know, Tali uh, uh, Kwali there and, uh, you know, so many more people. But, uh, you know, uh, what I liked about most and the whole raucous era was it was a different type of rap. It was conscious rap, like Common, uh, all these guys. It was They weren't talking about, you know, money and bling bling things it was more cautious like what was going on in the world what was going on in you know uh, uh united states what's going on with the youth i think that was like the foundation of youth culture if you will in hip-hop because we all know like it started off with bronx with you know krs1 and all these other people you know uh, so many to name but i think that rap took a different turn i think raucous a lot of people don't give the credit that the amount of artists they put out at that time was just phenomenal but yeah because i helped them out contributed you know uh uh with the album uh when the album went uh you know gold platinum they were able to give out some plaques to appreciate friends and family so i ended up getting one that's unbelievable so like like we got you just said so much that the, the, the the listeners didn't get i know you've briefed me on some stuff but hold on wait you you met quali too you were in the studio when he was recording the album and then on top of like to physically see that you have, I, I can't tell from here whether it's a gold or a platinum plaque, but to have a plaque because of that album is is un, unbelievable. So yep, yeah. this is a half a half a million copy, so it's gold. Uh, you know, oh, and, uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, um, it, it was a very, I'm very blessed I, at that time. I don't think I uh, appreciated as much as I did later on, but uh I went on tour with him uh, multiple times. I was on a part of the tour when they were, uh, MTV was doing Lyrics' Lounge yeah. uh, with Common, uh, you know, uh, Quali, uh, you know, De La Soul, a bunch of people. Uh, I went on a tour with Blackstar, uh, you know, him and Quali both uh, went on tour. Uh, I, I didn't join the East Coast one other than, uh, you know, New York, um, but in you know, the West Coast, I, I traveled with him multiple times. Met so many uh, great people in the industry. Uh, you know, one of my, uh, funny story, people don't believe me. I, I met Kanye before he, he was Kanye West. Uh, this is in New York at the Sony Studios. Uh, uh, you know, most was late. He's, his, his government name is Dante. Uh, so people, you know, would call him. He had so many nicknames, Flacco, D, Dante, but he was running late. Uh, so it was just me, Tyler Quali. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of a producer, 88 Keats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 88 was with Kanye. Kanye was, you know. Uh, That's Kanye's uh, guy. 
Kanye's guy. So Kanye had a, a back in the days they used to call it that. It's the digital audio tape. Yeah. So he made some beats. He wanted most to listen to that. So you know, most of the artists run late. So he's just shooting pool. There's a Pac-Man game. Everybody just standing there. Kanye sees me wearing some J's. Um, I had retro ones back then. Like nobody rock retro ones and Air yeah. Force One unless you're in the East Coast or Midwest. West Coast non-existent at that time. So. I, I was wearing those and he was all like, hey man, nice shoes. And I said, yeah, thanks. And he's all like, uh, you know, where are you from? And I told him, oh, I'm from LA. He's like, uh, oh yeah, you know, I'm from Chicago. I said, I'm originally from Chicago, started talking to him, uh, but it's crazy. Like, you know, he's, he was so humble and he was telling me like how, you know, he was making beats and, you know, producing stuff. I had no idea who he was at that time. Literally like two years later, I'm like, you know, hearing Through the Wire and all these songs. And I'm like, yeah, that's the kind of bad, like, Jesus, like this is this is crazy. Yeah, he he, and he was so hungry at that time, but humble at the same time. He was he was just trying to get on. He was just trying to get yeah. on. Like you know, there's thousands upon thousands of other rappers trying to get on, and I, and I still see like the old videos of the old Kanye, which I love so dearly. Um, yeah, it's a pretty amazing experience that you you got a chance to meet him in the studio, right? And yeah, you think of Lyricist Lounge and and Rockus Records, you know, those are some of the you know, when we talk about the golden era of hip hop, that, that era and that kind of almost time capsule doesn't get enough love. There, there's the, the underground heads that love it to this day, but uh, doesn't get talked about like um, this era or the golden era. So, you know, really appreciate you sharing that, Mir Joe. That's pretty dope. So, you know, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, KRS-One earlier. So did you get a chance to catch the verses that happened with him and, and, and Big Daddy Kane? Yeah, I saw the highlights. I didn't catch the you know entire show, but I did see the highlights. Uh, you know, when I got home that night, and yeah, it was pretty crazy. I, I'm, I think when you have an icon like KRS One, don't get me wrong, Big Daddy Kane's icon is well in hip hop, but you know KRS One, he's just done. He's like, he's one of the founding fathers of hip hop. You know, yeah. South Bronx, BDP, you know, uh, Boogie Down Production. Like, you know, uh, one of my favorite KRS track is. Uh, um, uh, what's that one called? The, uh, uh, man, what's the name of that song? Um, Step Into the World. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's one of my favorite ones. Uh, I love his line where he's like, you know, uh, you know, I said, number one, I lied. I'm number one, two, three, four, three and four, five. And five. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a dope one. So yeah, you, he's clever, clever with his words. And I think he, you talk about, you know, icon, like he's got 26 albums. And you may not have listened to the ball, like, but he's been putting out albums since like 1987. And like, it's almost like an album every year. He's, he's unbelievable. So you watch yeah. you watch verses often? Yeah, you know, the best one, I, I mean, I watched the KRS one, just the highlights, but the one that I really watched, I had time and I really, really enjoyed it was, uh, uh, I watched the DMX and Snoop, uh, but that the one I really enjoyed it. That was classic. And I'm so glad that the community did that at that time, because there's no telling, um, you know, when you have and I'm sorry to jump ship, but when you're appreciating an artist like DMX, kind of, you know, give him the flowers at the world stage, give him that platform. Uh, who knew that he was not going to be with us anymore? You know, know. Uh, you look at Kobe Bryant, like his 2016 farewell tour was the best in the NBA. Like where else can you get a you know, tour where he got a standing ovation in every stadium in NBA um, you know, and, and retire both jerseys and then, you know, 
to find out that 2020 within four years we, we lost this icon and yeah. you know i think it's good that we we do that uh, not to jump ship back to hip-hop but you know um the one i enjoyed the most was the recent one with uh um the locks and uh dipset <laughs> it was like yeah that, and, that, people are still buzzing about that one like it's like jadakiss just made himself a new career out of just that versus so you know that was a it's totally funny, like he i'm not surprised though because if people didn't know like jadakiss is in my opinion one of the top 12 mcs of all time like this guy could play like when he came out and he just like started spitting and the background who shot you biggest beat just came out it was just like a whole different like yeah it really like you know validated hip-hop and it was just like yeah this is true hip-hop like stop wasting time like this is you know yeah. like just the way i mean i wasn't surprised because i know he's, he's a good mc so but he's also yeah. a big sneakerhead big Jordan, big Jordan. really really big sneakerhead i i remember meeting meeting him way back in the day sure of course he wanted white air force ones but he was looking for anything to say what what are the, all the limited editions what are the ones that you know are there's very little of that's what he was interested in so yeah he's been a sneaker guy for forever so yeah no i remember i remember meeting him in uh 2018 and 19 he came out to la when we opened up the jump band he came out and shot there so it was definitely okay. yeah a humble guy like he literally he came in with house sleepers he had house slippers yeah. on tank top he came in and got some uh, I, I can't i think it was the uh retro 11 drop they had just came out uh, okay. the, uh, the space jam and he came a couple pair of those yeah all right all right so hey just in my in my last question question as we wrap up so um what would you say you know you, you essentially you know you spend a lot of time uh, obviously you know you grew up in chicago you know there's a uh, some time in Vegas, but you know, you know, you spent the most of your life now um, in LA. You know, you know, you mentioned Tupac being in in your top five. Um, what was like from your point of view, and you living in the West Coast? What was the East Coast West Coast feud look like? What did it look like from your perspective, as you didn't grow up in the East Coast? You know, I, I was I gravitated myself a lot to East Coast music, Nas, Wu Tang, Biggie, um, Jay Z, et cetera, et cetera, but. From a, a, a different perspective, you know, grew up in the Midwest and then obviously the West Coast. What was it like from a West Sider's perspective? I think, you know, it, it was more what the media and everybody made it seem, whether it was radio or uh, back then magazine, because there was no social media back then, um, than actual artists. To be honest with you, like I was personally involved in many different events where I've seen artists really appreciate each other from East Coast to West Coast. And I quite didn't understand, like, where was the beef coming from? Like, yeah. when, when most did, uh, most did the song everyone knows, uh, Oh No, with uh, Nate Dogg, Rest in Peace, yeah. you know, like, that's a, a collab nobody would think of. And it was like most Polly Fairmont hanging out with like Nate, Snoop, DJ Quick, DJ Quick worked on the album with, uh, yeah. you know, Polly. So it's like nobody thinks of these, but when these guys are hanging out, they really embrace each other and appreciate each other. There was no beef. I think it was uh, just certain, you know, uh, people that had it. But I, I think as the industry lost the two biggest icon, uh, Biggie and Pac, I think it, it made everybody realize like this is not worth it. Like we need to back off and just start yeah. you know, appreciating each other, um, you know, and 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 like 
the artists themselves always had that. Like I've seen, uh, you know, uh, Ali Shahid Mohammed and Q-Tip come out to the West Coast and they embrace like, you know, West Coast rappers all the time, meet up with them, like go, you know, shoot, pull, break bread. So it's nothing for them. Like that's a common thing. They don't look yeah. at it as like, oh, we're in the West Coast. They just look at it as like, we're out here, let's you know, meet up with friends. So I think it was more of what the, you know, uh, music industry outsiders, what made it, uh, you know, uh, about beef. But to be honest with you, I didn't see that from an artist's point of view, being so close to most and other artists, I never saw that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's crazy, it's crazy how that spun out of control. And, you know, there, there's all the, the rumors and the conspiracy theorists on, on how it all went down and who's responsible. But, you know, I, I, you know, it's sad that we lost those two, but it could be, you know, it could have been gotten way worse. Like if it if it just never got squashed. Right. Could you imagine in a world now that, you know, could we have lost Snoop? Could we have lost Dre? Could we have lost Nas? Could we have lost like there's so many other people that it could have spiraled so badly out of control. And I think, you know, the media had a, a big piece to do with it. But we lost two of the best, and and again, again, you know, we never really got to see them, you know, their their full potential. There's so many of the the big artists that are out there that we never we never heard from, um, you know, and really got all their, you know, their their best, and you know, seen them at their peak. Right? We saw some great times, but maybe never their peak. So, anyways, Mir Joe, that that that's uh, that's it for the podcast. I really appreciate you, you sharing so many amazing things you have going on um and, and just your life experiences are unbelievable but uh, appreciate your time brother always always good to have you on and, and be able to connect with you but um again that's it from this episode of sneaks rhymes in life just before we go Mirjo, how did how do people find you on social media if they wanted to check out uh, your instagram page uh so i'm on ig it's uh, mr23 so it's m-r-t-w-o-3 uh, I should be able to see a picture of me up there, but no, I, you know, I just wanted to thank you, man. My, you know, closing comment, I would just say this. Uh, I think with this pandemic, we all learned that nothing's guaranteed in life. And with, with losing an icon like Kobe made us all realize that the biggest mistake we always think is we have time and we don't know uh, how much time we have, but you know, we should just appreciate what we have because that's what we wanted a few years ago. We prayed for it. Now we have it. So we just got to appreciate it. And, you know, on that note, I want to just appreciate you giving me the opportunity platform to, you know, share my passion and story. So thank you. Thank you again. Appreciate the kind words. Always, always good to connect. So thank you listeners for listening. This is another episode of Sneaks, Rhymes, and Life. This one with Mir Joe and his uh, unbelievable Kobe and Jordan and, and, and sneaker stories. So again, thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.